Friends, family, fans, welcome to another episode of Back Nine Bits. It's the Masters Week. We are rocking the cam mullet. Mrs. Maniac is giving me some weird looks. It's okay. She's She doesn't know. She does know, but she doesn't know. Does she? But it's the Masters Week. We got our boy Cam Smith playing in the golf tournament, which is one of my favorite golfers in the world. And it just excites me even more that it's the Masters. So it's a good week. Apologies for showing up late. This is what you get when the Masters Week falls on quarter end and you're an accountant. Life can suck and things just don't go according to plan. Waiting on people to send you stuff, it doesn't quite work. But while I was waiting on emails that I had no control over, I was thinking about Cam Smith and the fact that he enters Augusta this week, not necessarily in the best form. You know, some things out of his control a little bit. You know, he did move to live on his own, but you got to roll with the punches. You know, he's he's been bombarded with questions and stuff, and now we get to Augusta, his happy place. We're done with the accounting stuff. We're on the back nine bets pod. And we're in our happy place now. We're gonna we're gonna thrive. We are going to thrive. It's the freaking masters. I'm so excited. I mean, it is just gonna be a blast. We cannot wait to get into this stuff. So I'm a little rattled. We're gonna be behind things a little bit. I'm not nearly as prepared as I should be for this thing, but it is what it is. Let's take a look, folks. We've only had two years worth of data here. And if you can take a peek at the screen around the green and distance those are two critical critical components to augusta country augusta golf augusta national golf club there's an augusta country club that i saw some guys playing on nearby augusta national golf club distance off the tee and strokes gained around the green two very important double digits more important than to average as always strokes gained approach critical and then putting, not, not really as important as you'd imagine. Short game is important, but putting not nearly as much as to average. Still kind of important though. So you want to have distance, you want to be tidy around the greens, and you want to be able to hit your irons well. And that to me is my only concern about Cam Smith. But this week, as you can see, Augusta, it's it's done such a good job of adapting to the modern game and they've they don't need the ball to be rolled back because they just buy land and build over roads and stuff. It's it's kind of crazy what they can get up to, the amount of money they throw around. But the the proximity dispersion is pretty, pretty normal at this venue. So there's no particular range that's going to be different to any other venue compared to, to an average apart from maybe 225 to 250. There's a lot of long irons into these, into these golf holes, and that's going to be essential this week. The model. Let's take a look at what's going on with the model. It's blacking out on us, yeah. We've got all sorts of fun stuff. We've got 88 bets, folks. Yeah, so this this podcast is brought to you by rotoballer.com, by the way. We are cooking over there. We've got Joe Nicely with the DFS Bible. We've got Spencer T of Sports with his seven deadly sins, his model. We've got my Breaking 100 article that we've got out there. We've got 88 bets cooking with gas. In the Breaking 100 article this week, we've got all sorts of cool things coming on. I've got some more articles coming out tonight and tomorrow morning, and it's going to be a great time. So 
tools, articles, discords, the whole shebang. Go check out rotoball.com. Use the code maniac to get 10% off. Simple, simple, easy peasy. This is the week to do it if you haven't already done that. The model this week, we want about 38% total approach. We got 44% of recent form versus versus 2022. We've got 25% course history. Now, Augusta Golf Club, Augusta National Golf Club, one of the most important course history golf courses there is when it comes to correlation. You cannot, cannot oversell how important it is to have good course history here. So that's going to be 25% of the model, straight up. That's what we're cooking with. So got to make sure that the course history is great. First timers have a struggle. If you typically paid badger, it's not necessarily looking that good for you, but we have a few guys that we kind of have got really bad courses that are going to be on this week. Around the greens, 10%. Putting, about 7%. Probably could do a little more on the around the green play instead of putting like we just saw earlier. Par 5 scoring, 15%. That's very important here. Bogey avoidance, 8%. Distance, 10%. And then this specific off the tee stuff is another 7% there because we want golfers that can thrive on golf courses 7,400 yards and longer off the tee. So that that's going to bring that in there. And that's pretty much what's cooking with the model. That's what's cooking with the model. Scotty Scheffler leads the field in, in the model rankings, yeah, this week. He's, he's just, he's inevitable. The guy is inevitable. He's so fantastic at golf. He's so solid at golf. He's just so smooth and easy to root for. One thing I do love about the Moss, I'm going to ramble a bit here, but we get all these press conferences, and man, oh, man, is it fun. I wish we got more of these. Matt Fitzpatrick talking about his injury. Um, Scotty Scheffler talking about how he handles adversity, how he handles pressure, how he handles expectations. Cam Smith talking about his actual current situation, how much effort and time he's been putting into his golf. He's not in, he's not peaking right now. Last year, this time he was looking good. This year, not so hot, not so hot at all. But course issue, that's all that matters. So if you take a look at what Scotty Scheffler's up to, he's only missing about 15% of his cuts over the last 20 starts. That's not too shabby. He's got the second best course this year. Duh, he's the defending champion. Last 24 rounds, he leads the field in stro strokes gained total, and his ball striking is number one in the field. So this guy is just going to do everything that you could wish for from a ball striking tee to green standpoint. Around the green, he's 15th, and he's actually kind of started putting better going into the week. So there's a lot to like about Scotty. The bogey avoidance, par five scoring, 30 or better percentages. Like Jesus, this guy is the full package. That's why 71, 11,000 smacks, $100. And he's going to be about 24% owned. So, you know, it's it's not a, it's about as sure as you're going to get. You know, Scotty's most likely going to be inside the top 10 this week. So that's what's cooking with Scotty. He's he's just a phenomenal play. Uh, I love, I love what this guy does. He's just so solid, eh? So, so solid. We're gonna to have to decide who we're we gonna go with. And I'm I'm looking at John Rom. I honestly am. If he's gonna be the, the low owned guy in this range, I'm totally fine with it because you know what John Rom has that these other two necessarily don't nearly have as much is putting and around the green play. Like Rom's putter can absolutely go nuclear, and he's been playing pretty solid compared to the other two. And off the tee, he's been struggling a little bit lately, but when it comes to just ball striking, they're all three pretty much right there with each other. But Rom's upside with the putter 
and around the greens. I feel like he's he's probably the best of the three. And you know, you got you got your strokes gain metrics and stuff and all that, but it, it is what it is. I test. I love what John Rahm can get up to. He's absolutely solid. He's going to be chipping in for eagles. He's going to be doing all sorts of stuff, and he's long and lanky. He has got serious distance off the tee. So he's fifth in the field in distance. Love what he can do there. Ten thousand eight hundred bucks for John Rahm. He's third in the model. John Rahm has missed no cuts. Like he's missed no cuts. He had a, a WD that had some poopy, but that's it. That's all that was wrong with John Rahm's game. It wasn't even wrong with his game. It was wrong with his digestive system. So he's twenty percent owned at the Masters, folks. So sign me up for John Rahm. I think I'm going to be fading Rory again. <clears throat> if I'm going to pick the two, I'm going to be probably heavily over on Rahm and then a little bit of Scotty. I'm out on Rory this week. There's many reasons for that. The main one being the putter has been suspect, very suspect for Rory. And after just putting well at the match play, I'm not entirely sure if that's going to do it for me. I don't know if he's going to be putting well. And the same thing goes for his his expectations that he has this week. There is so much on this Irishman's shoulders that he is he the expectations are through the roof. They're absolutely through the roof right now. And for Rory to be the highest owned guy in the field with two other guys around him that I think are as good, if not better, and have definitely been playing better golf than him and have succeeded at this golf course too. They both have better course history. They both have recent form that's better than Rory's. Like, why are we why are we going to go to Rory if the other two guys are less owned and and you know? So I think Rory's got that that narrative going on. I'm curious to see how how owned he comes in, and obviously he's the cheapest of the three. The the freaking optimizers are going to love that from Rory. Excuse me. We've got Rory coming in there at 27. So, yeah, if the putter showed up for one week at match play where expectations on a single putt aren't nearly as immense, like the, the comebacker doesn't make nearly as, as much importance as a stroke play event. You have to get your ball in the hole every single shot around this golf course at Augusta at every stroke play. Masters, you're going to pick it up. I don't know if I can trust Rory's putter, and he's going to be the highest owned guy in the field. We, we're okay with that. So unless, unless he's figured it out, you know, you got to take that gamble. But at this ownership, I'm okay giving Rory a skip and playing Raman Scotty. He's it's gonna be crazy to see what happens with Rory this week. If he if he shits the bed in round one again. Like that's what he's been doing at Augusta. He's got all these expectations, he's got all these nerves. Is he gonna be able to come out the gates firing? You know, so I'm all I'm all for Rory having a bad round one and then hammering him in showdown. Love that opportunity from him. And we're going to go there with that. Spoke about John Rahm. I mean, look at this. Just ping, ping, ping. Comp course history at Augusta, second. History at Augusta, third. Recent form, second. Approach play, fourth. And now we're going to a golf course that's not going to be a wedge fest. Rahm loves himself some long shots into the holes. That's what we're going to see at this venue. He's one of the best from those ranges. Absolutely love that from him. Medium golf course scoring. He's first in the field. All about that jazz. And he makes a ton of birdies and par five domination. Oof, I don't know what the hell that means. But par five domination is what John Rahm does. And he's he's one of those guys. So 
John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler in the, in the top there in the 10K range. We are going to roll with him and go from there. Patrick Cantley's next up in the model in fourth place. Now, Patrick Cantley, if you take a look at his Augusta rating, he's one of the few guys in the top 15 of my model that sits outside the top 20 in actual course history as a strokes gained average at Augusta. So he's 21st in strokes gained average around this beautiful, beautiful Masters golf course. Now, he comes in with the fourth best recent form, which is something that we love about Cantley. He's second off the tee behind Mito Pereira, which or Joaquin Neiman, which one of these two is it? Mito Pereira leads the field in off the tee business, which we'll get to. But Cantley is second behind him off the tee. Love that. You know, you need distance. Patrick Cantley's distance off the tee, pretty pretty okay. You know, 21st in the field, not elite like John and, and Rory and the boys, but he's going to get it done around you. Medium golf course scoring, great stuff. And his ball striking has been fantastic. Like Cantley's coming in here as a ball striking beast. So that's what you got to love about Patrick Cantley. 9,500 bucks. <clears throat> he's looking 16% owned. Hello, hello. Sign us up there. I mean, this guy, 84% of the time, he's inside the top 40. That floor for Cantley is basically other people's ceilings. So you got to love that from him. I love what we can get there. Justin Thomas, 9300 bucks, fifth in the model. Now, I don't necessarily agree with my model here. JT's recent form, mm, there's a lot to be desired. It's 13th in the field. You know, he's he hasn't been playing that good. The ball striking has always been there, but the short game is just... Oh man, it's so it's so sad to to see it just whittling away. Now Cantley has also kind of been struggling with the putter apparently over the last 24 rounds, but it seems like the last few times he's been out there, he's been playing well. JT, 38th in the field over the last 24 rounds putting, and in general, he's a bad putter. So there's not like at least with Cantley, you can hope he can bounce back. JT it's most likely going to stay there or get worse. You know, like there's no there's no hope that he's going to have a, a solid putting performance unless it's going to be an outlier. And I'm not looking for that. We're looking for someone that's going to bring us consistency. We we only have a handful of golfers at the top here that we have to choose from. This field is 88 players big. Ten of them are like walking corpses. Five of them don't even, <clears throat> don't even hit it past 300 yards in the field. So it's going to be wet. They're not going to be in contention at all. So we got about, let's call it 70 golfers that we have to choose from, and 50 of them make the cut. So that's basically what we're rocking and rolling with here. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great week. So Justin Thomas, we're out. You know, everything about his long-term game, great, but he's trending in the wrong direction at the moment. The putter's been letting him down. Um, you know, Tiger's playing again this week. I'm not entirely sure JT ever does too hot when Tiger's playing. Very random, subjective take. I haven't done any research on that, but that's something I've been looking at. Xander Shafley, sixth in the model. He also, T20 rate is ridiculous. It's one of the highest in the field. 68% T20 rate in 19 starts. So in his last 19, he's 16% and he's a flat nine. This guy's course history, sixth in the field. Will Zalatoris has got a course history of zero. That's how good he is. That's obviously supposed to be a one, but... Um, Xander Shafley, 9000 bucks flat, 16% owned. And we haven't really got to any of our outrights yet. I know. This is not good. You know, going this far down the model till we start getting to outrights is going to be kind of interesting. But that's our strategy this week. We've got reasons for the guys we've bet. Um, Ram, Rory, and Scotty, all 
91 or worse. Scotty's like 71. Can't bet that crap. So we have to go elsewhere. So Xander, he's been he's been on approach magnificent. And maybe that's got to do with the fact that he's been hitting a lot of shots from the rough, which allows you to gain more strokes on approach if your driving off the tee has been worse. So he's got that going for him, but it's also not going for him off the tee, which at this venue, not that terrible. You know, what's his distance like off the tee for Xander? He's 31st in the field. Not too bad, you know, but his driver is technically not the best thing in the world. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the course history is so solid, sixth in the field. So that's what you're getting with Xander. I'm going to put my screen a little bigger. Yeah, there we go. Now I can see what's cooking. And Xander Shafley, he's he's just going to be super consistent. If I'm going to pick between Xander and JT, sign me up for Xander. Like, that's exactly where we're going to go. I don't know how you can play with freaking hair like this but he does it somehow anyway moving on i've got got all sidetracked xander shafley we don't have anything to do with him outside of dfs at 9k let's rock and roll i think he's going to be a nice solid safe play sign him up let's go will zalatoris he's seventh in the mall and he's our first bet that we have for breaking 100 for this podcast 8200 bucks 12 percent owned now, this is a guy that finished fourth at the Genesis Invitational. Very nice, calm course, but has since been sucking it up. And the putting we saw, not nearly as important around this venue as you would think it needs to be. And that's why Willie Z tends to succeed around here. His ball striking is incredible. It's just a matter of if he's healthy or not. So we're going to go back to a golf course that he, he's been doing his thing. And if you take a look at Willie Z stuff, off the tee, ninth in the field over the last 24 rounds, 30th in the field on approach. You know, the ball striking is not nearly where it should be. But again, this is a course history place that you're going to see. People that have succeeded around Augusta are going to play good golf at Augusta Country Club again. So you're going to play these guys. And Willie Z is plus 130 in a field of only, we call it 70 guys. Plus 130 for a top 20 for Willie Z who's got literally the best course history that's even with Scotty Scheffler having won. Willie Z has been incredible at this venue and, and the course history is just unrivaled. So he's off the tee baseline's fantastic. He's got incredible distance. The par five scoring, birdie a better percentage is all very solid. He knows he's stated that he loves and he lives for majors. We're in our first major of 23. 2023 is the first major. So that's what's cooking over here with Willie Z. Plus 130 for a top 20. Sign us the hell up. I saw bet, um, golf bets. It's a chart thingy on Twitter. I don't even remember the, the, hang, the Twitter handle, but Tony Finau is the most tipped golfer this week. I don't know if that's got to do with his price. I don't know if that's got to do with what. Like what? Like what is it got to do with? Like why, why is everyone on Tony Finau? He's been playing pretty solid golf, but nothing is really screaming that he's going to, why is he the most tipped? You know, like, I don't understand. So that's something that I've been contemplating. He's going to be 20%, 19% owned at 8,900 bucks. That's going to be there for Tony. He's, he's 15th in course history. Yeah. So he's like, doesn't have that. Tony Finau's last seven rounds, I think, sits between fifth and 25th. There's been no other score, like no other finishing position in that range. He's either inside the top 25 and not inside the top five. That's what Tony Finau does, and he's just incredibly consistent, but he's just can't get to the lead, top of the leaderboard. 
I've bought a lot of rainmakers of Tony Finau just because of that. He's just so consistent. You know you're going to get those made cuts. You know you're going to be just shining, shining bright like Tony Finau does. But that that upside, man. You know, Rocket Mortgage, 3M Open, Cadence Bank, Houston Open. Not not necessarily will be the stuff there from the Finau man. So I don't know. You know, um, I love him in DFS. I love him in Rainmakers. Couldn't get to him in the market, but we like him. Ninth in the model is Cam Smith, folks. And this is what gives us pride and joy. So it gives us things to wake up for. If you're having a bad day and you're a Cam Smith fan, he's playing the Masters this week, folks. We get to see Cam Smith play golf for at least two rounds. Lord help us if he doesn't make the cut. He has never missed the cut. Yeah, He's finished inside the top 10 three times. The last three rounds. And now, you're probably asking, well, you're such a Cam Smith homer. Yes, I am. But also, I've hit him outright three times. He's my guy. If you've been watching this podcast for long enough, the last time we hit it outright was the Shriners, just six months ago. So I'm going to go to the guy that's brought me the wealth and prosperity to buy this shirt that I'm wearing. He is my, my sugar daddy. Got some stuff going on there with Cam Smith that's providing us an income that I am happy about. So we're going to go to him. I got in at 21 to 1. Apparently, there now there's 35 to 1s out there. So Cam Smith's number's gone backwards. I don't know what people know that we don't. But he has not been playing that solid on live. That's understandable. But he's finished inside the top 10 three times. So in the last three starts, if you think about the two times that he came in prior to last year, he was not nearly the... His current stage or state of golf, I would imagine right now, is between what he came in here last year like and the, the two years prior. I'd, I'd say he's somewhere in between, which is totally fine. If you're going to give me a guy that's finished inside the top 10, got great course history, and, and if the putter lights up, we're in business, you know, because I know that the putting isn't that important, but that's Cam Smith's weapon, and you can gain so many strokes with the putter. He's one of the best short game specialists out there around the greens. If his irons go straight a little bit, he's going to be getting up and down for par like crazy. So there's a lot to like about his game. It translates really well to this venue. He's going to be 11% at 9,800 bucks. Yeah. Hello. Like I just said, like it, it's, He's been he's been playing bad on live, but is he really worse than what he was the two years before he became one of the best ball strikers in the world? So maybe his games regress a little bit, but it's not nearly to the point that it was two or three years ago. I'd I'd say he's sitting somewhere in between. So I'm totally okay with that. Top twenty for Cam Smith, that is a lie over here. Top twenty at minus one hundred five for Cam Smith T twenty. Let's go there. The guys had three consecutive top 10s. We're going to get basically plus money for a top 20. So sign us up. Let's go. Let's see that putter cook. I saw him hit one on the 16th hole today to two feet. So it's not like his irons are not available. It's probably just going to be a consistency issue from Cam. We'll see what he can get up to. But, you know, he loves his golf course. I watched every minute of the presser that he gave. And he said, when he's at Augusta, he's in his happy place. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. Unicorns and rainbows, Cam Smith, tra-la, tra-la.
scooting down to the 10th guy in the model. And he is the king of the Iron Throne. The, the graphic of this podcast. And the name that was inspired by Colin Marikawa's Photoshop. The Azalea Iron Throne this week, folks. Who is going to be sitting on the throne of Azalea's by the end of the week? Who is going to be the guy that puts his hand up and says, Hi, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy. I appreciate you three absolutely robbing the golf betting community of multiple outrights this year. But my name's Colin Morikawa, and the model maniac has bet on me, and I'm going to win for him if Cam Smith doesn't. That's what we bank the banking on. Why do we feel this way about Colin Morikawa? Well, the last three times Colin Morikawa's played at this venue, I think it's the only three times he's played, because that's how long he's basically been on tour for, is like three years. T44, T18, fifth. So if you're a trendsetter, if you're a trend believer, if you think history repeats itself, if you think patterns exist in the world, Colin Morikawa's gone 44th, 18th, and fifth at this venue. Now he goes back there, and he is going to be Looking to win this thing. He's the second best iron player in the field behind Scotty Scheffler over the last 24 rounds. He's the best iron player in the field from the multitude of proximities that we'll see at this venue over a baseline period of time. So he is the king of the iron throne, essentially. His, his stake to the iron throne is his. It's in his blood. It's in his DNA. He's the sixth best ball striker in the field. If you take a look at his around the green play, it's 38th and 27th. I put in my Breaking 100 article, there's a little screenshot of taking Colin Morikawa's strokes gained for each of the four core metrics, and you break them out by major and non-major. Colin Morikawa's putting in majors is half a stroke better than you will see at non-majors. So he is one of these guys that he's got that gamer mentality when it comes to the majors. He's won two of them. Yes, they were in perfect conditions, essentially, in California and a windless, windless open championship. But when he's in contention in majors, I think this guy's got what it takes. He is 28 to 1, I believe. I don't even really know what the hell his, his price tag is. What the heck did we bet him at? I don't even know, folks. 28 to 1, whatever the Colin Morikawa bet was, 24, 28, who the heck knows? We are going to Colin Morikawa. If you can show me a guy that's bad at putting, who loses strokes putting, but then when it comes to majors, gains strokes putting, and is the best iron player in the world over the last year, sign me the hell up. <clears throat> sign me the hell up, especially with how he's trending in the right direction at Augusta. He's now going to have played 12 competitive rounds around this venue. By the time he wins this thing in a tie, in a tie match, in a tiebreaker, sudden death playoff to Cam Smith. He is going to have had 16 rounds here. And we saw what he could get up to last year. He's around the green plan putting is great in majors. So we love Colin Morikow. 9,100 bucks, 16% owned. Let's go there too. Love what you can get there. Sung J M, 8,100 bucks, 18% owned. He just does his thing. Do I ever think he's going to win a major? Probably not. Do I think he's, he just, he plays so many tournaments, he's bound to win one. So that's the thing with Sung Jay. 
But I don't think he's got what it takes to win tournaments regularly. And you can say the same about Colin after what we've seen. But we've just discussed the major thing there. I don't think Sungjae, you know, he's played well here and finished inside the top five a few times, but I don't necessarily think he's the is a world beater. So Sungjae's got that going for him. 8,100 bucks, 18% owned. Maybe we're going to go elsewhere. But there's a lot to like about him. I mean, look at the bogey avoidance there. You know, he's he's so consistent. He just doesn't get himself into shit. He doesn't get himself into trouble. Par 5 scoring sixth in the field. Birdie or better percentage is 20th. So you're not necessarily going to get that punished for, for Sungjae around this course because the birdies don't really fly around Augusta that much. So bogey avoidance is key. He's one of the best bogey avoiders in the field. That's what you're going to get from Sungjae. That's why he's popular at 8100 bucks. But remember the last time he was like a free square at Brookline and he emceed, you know? Mm. So things can go things can go straight. But also I think he's he's got great course history at 13th in the field and course history. We'll see what he can get up to. 9,700 smacks. Jordan Spieth, 18% owned, 12th in the model. He makes a casual 71% of his top 40s. The, ten, the top 10 rate is 24th for Jordan Spieth too. You know, that's not too shabby compared to the boys at the top here though. I mean, we got we got Patrick Cantley top tening in half his starts. Half his starts, Patrick Cantley's top tening. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So, Speed's going to be popular. He plays well at Augusta when he's playing well. He is starting to play better now. He comes into the week with the fifteenth ranked total strokes gain of the last twenty four rounds. His game has been off, so his baseline metrics are pretty crap. That's why he's all the way down here in twelfth. But his iron play has been great, and he's around the green plays fantastic. One of his biggest weaknesses at the moment is still is, is off the tee game and putting, which we've seen. He's got that distance. His distance is fine, 24th in the field. He's off the tee, though, he's 46th of the last 24 rounds. Not good, but typically he's 27th in baseline. So that's okay. He's putter, 35th in the field. I don't know how we feel about that, but again, this is Augusta. If there's any greens in the world that this guy's comfortable on, it's these. And if there's any greens in the world that, you know, putting is not that important compared to tour average, it's these. And he's around the green play is fifth of the last 24 rounds, 10th in general. He's a wizard. He's a wizard, Harry. You know? So you're going to get all of that. Par 5 scoring 11th. It's going to be fun. So the fun thing is we're going to see the 13th hole's been lengthened. The, the, the 225 shots that we have here in the key stats, I think is going to go down. Because this is right in that that approach range for the the thirteenth hole, the second shots that these guys are going to be hitting. There's, I think Tiger was saying hits or who was it? Um, Max was hitting eight iron or three wood eight iron into that goal into that hole because they can turn the three wood over. Now it's further back, they're going to have to hit longer clubs in. This this number is going to directly replace seventy five to one hundred. 50 to 75 range. This is going to jump up this week because we're going to see a lot of layups to that range on the on the 13th hole. And I think that's going to make or break it because that used to be a hole that a lot of people guaranteed themselves birdies on. And now people are going to be struggling to kind of get those free birdies, you know, especially with the long iron approach. It's going to require a lot of risk and reward. And it sounds like the weather is not going to be nearly as favorable for these guys to be going at that green so it's going to be an interesting week to see how that whole plays out just putting that out there you want some good guys with wedge play so that's what's cooking there 
Hideki Matsuyama sitting in 13th in the model, 10% owned. So he's going to be low owned again after kind of doing his thing last week, you know, just T20ing, beating Taylor Montgomery in our only matchup we had by one shot. That was awesome. We expected Hideki to Hideki Q himself, but WD did not happen and we lost our bet. So don't bet on guys just to WD. That's not ideal. And then if your other guys, Taylor Montgomery, who T20s basically every other time, and then the one time you bet him, he doesn't, doesn't T20, that happens. I'm getting sick. But <clears throat> Hideki at Augusta, eighth in the model. You love what you're seeing from Hideki. Um, medium golf course scoring. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm just instantly turning into turning into a, a horse horseradish here. His approach play, very, very solid. What is going on? I just lost my voice in like one minute. So that's what's cooking. That's what this is what happens when you bet on a decky. Whew. Take a second, yeah, folks. Sorry. I've been rattling through and now now we go now we just get sick on the podcast. So that's what's cooking in my life. Um yeah, let's leave a decky alone. He seems contagious. So we'll go to we'll go to Victor. Victor's thirteenth in the model, thirteen percent on eighty five hundred bucks. Victor has the 19th best course history. It's just a solid course history. The around the green play, take a look at that. Two giant sevens sitting next to each other. 77th in the field around the green. No bueno. Like I said, there's 88 guys in this field, and it's a it's a field full of, with the bottom of the field looking like a bunch of dead bodies walking around. Zombies. And Victor's 77th around a course that, requires exceptional around the green play he says he's had his eureka moments he said he's learned to to get it around the greens better i don't believe him until i see it you know i'm not going to take a chance on him that way he's he doesn't provide you that upside you know he's going to be making too many bogeys what on earth is going on with my voice i don't trust victor hovland put it that way we're going to keep on moving down the board yeah Corey Connors, yeah, cool. This is what happens when you price guys before tournament, before the week ends. Corey Connors goes and wins and beats our guys. Sam Ryder and Matt Kuchar, we finished third. Not ideal, again, but it is what it is. Goes and wins that tournament. Closes it out like a veteran, like he's, he's won five million tournaments in his life. He's only won it twice, and it's both been at that golf course. Made two putts over 18 feet. Matt Kuchar does that. He's pretty close to the lead. Sam Ryder uh, parred three of the easiest holes on the golf course. Also finishes third. What can you do? Corey Connors, Chalk City. Plays great golf at Augusta. Ninth in course history. He's 7600 bucks. He's the first 7K golfer we have in the model. Sitting at, at 15th. So there's a lot to like about him. I've seen some people with top... 20 bets and Corey Connors at plus 130, one plus 40. Why the hell not at this golf course? He makes a lot of sense. If you went and read the Breaking 100 article, you would have seen that we have we have got the four aces in there. We've got Colin Marikawa, Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, and Corey Connors at 80 to 1 to hit a hole-in-one this week. So that's what you're going to get from these guys. Corey Connors has made a hole-in-one year before. Victor Hovland, I think, has got three holding ones in the last two seasons. So we're gonna we're gonna bank on those those kind of performances from these guys. It's the generate season at the Masters. So I love this event. 
I bet my ass off. I'm going to bet on every single golfer this week, apart from like six guys that you can't bet on. Let's go. Let's see some aces. We're betting on an ace every round, no matter who it is. There's an ace 11 to 1 are the odds for the first three days. And then one plus 140 for the final day, because that's that nice, beautiful 16th hole pin that typically gives up a hole in one. So, yes, bet the hole in one props on FanDuel. They're still pretty nice out there. Go grab those for you. Let's scoot up the board, yeah, and talk about Cameron Young who's only played here once and missed the cut, I believe. And now we've got our two two guys, Cameron Young and Max Homer. Cameron Young is going to be a plus 110 top 20 for us to finish out the top 20. Cameron Young, we got him at 45 to 1 on DraftKings before he made it into Sunday at the match play. <clears throat> he has incredible length. What do we want around this golf course? Length of the tee, incredible iron play, and around the green touch. Well, he's third off the tee on long path, uh, on holes and courses that are 7,400 yards plus, he's third off the tee. He's just second off the tee in general. He's been 10th off the tee of the last 24 rounds, and he's the second longest driver of the golf ball. So off the tee, Cameron Young makes a million percent sense at this golf course. If you take a look at his approach play over the last 24 rounds, it's seventh. And recently, his game has really peaked. You saw what he was up to at the match play. Like, Sam Burns just got hot at the perfect time. You know, like, unfortunately, when your putter is your, your basically your only weapon, it's tough to, to beat a guy like that because he's just going to, if he gets hot, he gets hot. That's why we like Cam Smith. But... Corey Connors, I mean, Cameron Young, he's been ball striking the ball to death. Go look at his dollar golf profile. There's just green bars everywhere. It's amazing to look at. The putting over the last 24 rounds is 69th. No good. But the last two tournaments he's played in, we saw him putting nicely at the match play. We've got the new caddy on the bag there, Paul Tesori, Webb Simpson's old caddy. He's going to be doing some nice things. And I think he's been learning some aim points. So he's going to figure out those shorter putts too. And that's been his biggest issue is the short putts. He's one of the best putters from 5 to 15 feet. And at Augusta, that's what you're going to be seeing a lot of. You're not going to knock a lot of shots stiff. You're going to have these lengthier putts. So I like what he can get up to from that range on the greens. The short game, I think he's moving in the right direction. The iron play is fantastic. The par 5 scoring for him is 36th in the field, which is not good. His, his interesting thing is 34th in the field in par 5 scoring. Is It's weird. I don't know why a guy with that amount of length struggles on the par 5s. And he was struggling on par 5s before he had a bad putter. So I don't know what's going on there. He probably needs to work on his game management on those scores. But you also saw what he can do from far away. You know, like he's got the length to hit balls into the 13th green from far away. Anyway, so Cam Young, 45 to 1, folks. He's, I think, 30 to 1 right now. So it's not terrible, you know. Uh, the numbers decrease there from the future. But if you want to bet Cam Smith and you bet Cameron Young, they're basically tying each other out. So that's what's going on over there. He's just looking so good. He's just looking so good. The distance, the, the iron play, let's go. 17th in the model is Max Homer. And Max today in his presser, was awesome. 
he mentioned that he says to himself, if I play badly this week, that does not mean I'm a bad golfer. So he has got his expectations handled. He said he actually enjoyed playing badly at the match play, which to me was terrible because we had him as an outright bet at match play. But he mentioned that he was playing badly and he has figured it out already. He's fixed what went wrong. So he knows his game. He knows he can bounce back. And he said that he doesn't really take course history into account this week, like his recent performances here, because he said his game has got so many more tools. His short game in particular is a million times better than he's, he's been when he's played here in the past. If you take a look at when Max Homer started really starting to play good golf, it was pretty much you know, post-Masters last year. He made the cut at the Masters for the first time in a while. So he made the cut here last year, and that's enough for me. Top 20, minus 105, Max Homer. Let's go. Uh, he's the fifth best. He's the fifth ranked golfer in the world. And you're going to give me minus 105 for a top 20 on Max Homer because we, we weigh in course history, which is 87th over the last three round, over the last three tournaments. I understand that. But if you look at his last 24 rounds of golf, it's fifth. Like, he's coming here with weapons that this golf course hasn't seen. He's going to be playing fantastic golf. Um, if you've been reading Breaking 100 article, we've had a Max Homer outright for this freaking event, 80 to 1. Since the Sanderson Farms, Max Homer at the Masters, 80 to 1. He's sitting at 25-ish now. Hashtag closing line value. We've got that EV cooking. But Max Homer, boy, oh boy. Strokes gained approach, last 24 rounds, sixth. Putting, last 24 rounds, third. Off the tee, baseline, 20th. Approach play in general, 14th. Birdie or better percentage, 12th. Par 5 scoring, 16th. He just does so many things well. Now we go into a golf course that I think he's worked his game to the shape where it's going to be able to cater to the challenges that this golf course asks of him. And he's going to be prepared for this test. He's going to answer them. He's going to win this freaking golf tournament. Cam Young, Cam Smith, Max Homer, Colin Morikawa, four-way playoff. It's happening. It's not happening, but you know what I'm saying. Got to be optimistic about all four of our outrights. Those are them. <clears throat> Minus 105 for a top 20. 9,200 bucks, 13% owned. Let's go. Let's go. Max Homer, folks. This guy's won three times in the last year. Hello. Let's go. So Max Homer's got, he's got it cooking. He has got it cooking. Top 40 rate, 70% of the time he's inside the top 40. So like, what are we doing here? Got a lot to love, a lot to like, and it's going to be fun to see him do his thing. He's playing with... Um, Scotty, and he's playing with that that Sam Bennett guy that um, twirls his club on basically every shot. Also, I have a lot of respect for Sam Bennett. I watched a video about how his dad passed away with Alzheimer's. Ugh, while you're playing golf, and for your golf game to get better when your dad's busy getting worse, it was like incredible stuff. So lots of respect to that guy, but still can't handle the fact that he club twirls on basically every shot. So anyway, Taylor Gooch, it's quite funny that he sits right underneath Max Homer as they were two best buddies at one point. Maybe they still are. I don't think 
I have no idea. I've got Taylor Gooch in that article that I wrote for 88 bets for a first round leader. I think he can come out the gate firing. He's just a, he's a, I think he's as dumb as a box of rocks. So he's not going to necessarily know what's going on until it's, it's too late. And he might find himself at the top of the leaderboard by mistake. So that's what's going on with Taylor Gooch. Maybe, you know, the model liked what he, what, what does it like? He was a pretty solid approach player back in the day. So we don't have a lot of stats on these guys because they've got all the, all the money in the world, but there's no strokes gained over there on the live tour, unfortunately. So we don't really know what these guys are doing. And that's what makes this, this event even more weird. So if you're looking at DFS, sign up a few live guys. 6% Taylor Gooch at 6,800 bucks. If he's anything what he was when he was back on the PJ tour, you know, he's solid. So sign him up. Course history at 25th in the field. Let's go. Comp course history, 16th. The comp courses, what were they again? Riviera. We got, um, oh, baby. Yeah, Zach, my man. You like this? This hair is too long. It's too long, but it is what it is. So, comp courses, Plantation Corsa Kapalua, Tory Pines, the Riviera Club. So, those are the comps that we got going. Taylor Gooch likes himself some comp courses. The waterfall, it's a hot waterfall too, dude. It's very hot. We actually have so many wigs in this house. It's kind of funny. So Taylor Gooch, 18th in the model. We like what he can get up to in DFS standpoint. What's Matthew Fitzpatrick's situation? Um, I don't even know. I don't even know where this, where the stuff is. I can go find it. I don't even know what his price is. He's 8% owned though. So Matthew Fitzpatrick, I hate the fact that he changed his name to Matt because now he got all these different freaking... Um, We've got two different names going on in the in the world, yeah. So Matty Fitz, he said he's he's not 100. percent Would be nice to know before I bet him twice for top 20s, but he's not 100. percent So Matty Fitz doing his thing. He's typically a very solid golfer, but his his recent approach play, look at this, has been disgusting. 75th in the field, last 24 rounds. No sir, eight percent. You guys can have Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm I'm out on him. Joaquin Neiman. 7,800 bucks, sitting at 7% ownership. You know, he's got that length of the tee. He's got a tidy short game. He can have a good approach play. Loves himself some calm courses. He won at Riviera. What can Joaquin Neiman get up to at $7,800? We don't know. We don't know what these guys are. I haven't watched a single thing of Liv. I don't know how good these golfers are playing. Who the hell knows what is going on? But... If you're going to throw in some live guys at low ownership, why the hell not? People aren't going to be playing them that much. Miro Pereira, same situation. We've got Miro Pereira as a very savage bet to be in the final group on the on the in the final round, which uh, is a, a toast to his his meltdown he had at the PGA Championship. He's going to be seventy two hundred bucks, and he ap apparently, according to Data Golf's strokes gained over the last twenty four rounds, he's. Off the tee and ball striking is the best in the field. Off the tee of the last 24 rounds and third in general. So like he's just absolutely crushing the driver apparently. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. He was a pretty good driver of the ball apart from the final hole of the PGA. Approach play baseline was 10th before he departed. So there was a lot to like. The bogey avoidance was 16th. Mito Pereira is not a terrible option. 7,200 bucks. Someone I do like and we do know what we're going to be getting is a Keith Mitchell at $7,100 and 10% owned.
He is one of the best drivers of the golf ball. <clears throat> He's easily one of the best drivers of the golf ball. And he crushes long golf courses because he hits it a far way and he's so accurate. So that's what he gets up to. And around the greens, Keith Mitchell's ninth of the last 24 rounds. Let's go. The approach play, a little, little bit to be desired there. But he's 7,100 bucks. So we'll see what he can get up to. Par five scoring, 14th in the field. Got four par fives, four lengthy, girthy, burly par fives at this venue. Keith Mitchell. Tom Hoagie. 23rd in the model, 9% owned, 6900 bucks for Tom Hoagie. Com course comparison, 31st in the field. Course history is 48th, nothing spectacular. But to Com, Tom Hoagie in the 6K range, when you scroll over and you take a look at his last 24 rounds on approach, he is one of the best iron players in the world. Like If you take a look at his actual baseline approach play, it's second in weighted proximities, and second in general approach. Like, let's go. Why do you not want a golfer like that? The, the bogey avoidance is 20th in the field. The accuracy of the tee is pretty solid. He doesn't have amazing distance, but that's okay. He's an incredible long iron player, and I think he's going to be just fine. So I love Tom Hoagie this week. I love what he can get up to. I love his ability to pop and the iron play. It's just so freaking good. Why would you not want to play a Tom Hoagie? So that's what's going on there. Now we've got a Jason Day sitting at $8,700. I want to figure out what's going on with, with his situation. Where does he fall in between? Oh, he's sitting by DJ, Tony, and Cameron Young. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of people that no one wants to click on here with, with freaking Jason Day, which makes a lot of sense why he's 20% owned. He's also played great golf around Augusta. He's also not finished outside the top 20 since the year's begun. Like, this guy's looking good. 8700 bucks. I've lost him on my thing here. Where's Jason Day? All the way down here. 20% on $8,700. Last 24 rounds, he's the third best golfer in the field, strokes gained wise. Around the green, super solid lately. Third, short game, putting, great stuff. He's off the tee game. Fantastic. He's got pretty reasonable length for a guy that's got a broken back. And he's so solid from 5 to 15 feet. I mean, that's what you love to see. His baseline stuff from the previous year is not going to be as hot because he's just been playing great this season. So he's got about 50% of his stats that are kind of lagging him down. Yeah, that's why he's 24th in the model. But as you can see, the recent form is just fire right now. Love what he's got up to. Tom Kim comes in here 25th in the model. He's 7700 bucks, and he's going to be 5% owned because he doesn't have distance. But he's 54th in the field. It's like average. But also it's not not because we've got Adam Svensson and Brian Harmon and Harris English and Danny Willett, <laughs> Patrick Reed. You know, like none of these guys are sending it. So, But none of them are like Tom Kim when it comes to approach play. None of them are one of the best potentially iron players in the world. He's kind of gone off the boil a little bit, I do believe. And I do think that he may be pursuing some sort of speed training. I think he's he's figured out, look, I've won twice on tour. I'm cool. I'm going to have two years to figure my stuff out. But I need to get some length because I'm not going to be competing in these majors. Uh, he's at such a disadvantage off the tee 
why would you not want to try and gain some distance just to help yourself out? So I think he might be in like a bit of a swing chain situation because his recent performances have been pretty bad. And the iron play in particular hasn't been what we've seen from him. He's been a consistently good iron player for a very long time. And now it's just gone off the boil. So something's going on there in the Tom Kim camp. I don't know if it's going to come back this week. That's why 5% ownership is there. But I mean, accuracy and good drives gained is not necessarily going to be anything you really want to write home about. Yeah, you know, like that's not going to be an ideal stat you want to look at. So we'll see what he can get up to, though. Bogey avoidance is awesome. If it's playing tough as balls, I love Tom King. But it's wet. I don't know if that's going to be that big of a deal. Sam Burns, 8300 bucks. Missed his only cut he's played in here before. Off the tee, he's been better recently on approach. He goes and wins a Dell Match Play Championship with the 76th most crappy, like, what are we doing? There's only 12 guys that have worse approach numbers than Sam Burns over the last 24 rounds. He's won a tournament. Like, that just goes to show, like, I don't know. I mean, people bet Sam Burns because of putting and driving, but, I mean, his iron play is not good. And I don't know if that's going to translate to Augusta this week. So we out on Sam Burns. Can't go there. Short game, though, impeccable stuff. You know, can't argue that Shane uh, Sam Burns' short game is great. Shane Lowry, 7900 bucks, 8% owned. Great course history for a guy that's in the 7K range. Nothing else really to ride home about for the Irishman. Last 24 rounds, 59th. Like, just hasn't had it. You know, the putt has been bad. The irons are bad. Like, every time we talk about someone who's gained average, my voice starts disappearing. So Shane Lowry and Hideki Matsuyama, we are out on those guys. I don't know. 8% own Shane Lowry. Who would we rather go to in this range? That's um, Joaquim. I'll take Joaquim. I'll take who else over here? Got Sahith. Sign me up for Sahith. Sign me up for Justin Rose. Sign me up for Keegan Bradley, Terrell Hatton. All those guys, sign me up for them. No no Shane Lowry. I mean, the putting has been atrocious, but I know, and the short game in general. Like, you're going to need that short game here, and it hasn't even been that good for Shane. I'm out. <clears throat> I know my boy Noda is uh, a big Shane Lowry guy, but we'll uh, we'll leave him alone this week. Dustin Johnson, 8800 bucks, 12% owned. See what he can get up to. He's got the best course history in the field. That's interesting. Take a quick peek at DJ. Yeah. See why that course history is showing up as the best in the field. I'm kind of curious because, I mean, one year before, obviously, this is comp courses. We don't want that. We want the actual course history. So we're going to go large, smallest, Dustin Johnson. So how did Willie Z land up with this, with zero course history in the model? What's going on there? DJ winner in 2020, played solid in 2022 and solid in 2019. But he's also, since he's gone to live, his game's also deteriorated. But if we're going to apply the same logic to Cam Smith, we can't leave DJ out. DJ's a major winner. He doesn't give a shit. He'll come and just win this thing. Like, he's that talented. Who knows? Who knows what he gets up to? If he's going to be 12% owned 8800 bucks, sign me up. I'm in. I'm in. He's $900 more expensive than Shane Lowry. Give it to me. Let's go. Siwoo Kim, history. Solid. 23rd in the field. 9% ownership. 7400 bucks off the tee, solid, accurate, decent distance, not really 52nd in distance, which is kind of disappointing. But the weighted approach play, 17th in the field. Love to see that from Siwoo here, 7400 bucks. I like myself some Siwoo. 
As long as he doesn't break putters on the par fives or after putting his ball into the water, we're in good shape. I like what we can get from him. Tommy Fleetwood. 11% Tommy Fleetwood. What do we like about Tommy? Around the green play. Bang. That's what you like. Very good around the greens. That's about it. Approach play the last 24 rounds, 29th in the field. That's okay. We'll see what he can get up to. But we're going to be this far down the model. You're not going to be seeing too many guys. So you want to kind of stick with dudes at the top. Check this book, this Brooks Kupka overreaction at $7,600. Interesting. We'll get there. Terrell Hatton, someone I do like. And the reason I like him is out, he just missed the cut at the freaking, whatchamacallit, the Valero. Valero Texas Open, he missed the cut. We weren't on him, so that's okay. We've got no scar tissue. But if you take a look at what his recent golf has looked like, 11th in the field in recent performances, like around that Florida swing, he was absolutely firing it up. Approach play, ball striking off the tee. Love, love, love. I guess why he doesn't like Augusta that much is because his short game's crap. Around the green, it's, it's actually pretty bad. Like, it's actually very bad. Ugh. Like, but he's one of the best putters as well. That's the problem. So he's going to be leaving himself long putts for par after missing the green. But if he does get hot and those irons are firing, he's one of the best long iron players in the field. So that's what I love about Turrell's game is the fact that he can absolutely send darts from 225 and out and, and in. You know, like from 175 out, Turrell Hatton's one of the best in the world. So there's a lot to like about him. He's super cheap. The course issue is going to keep people off of him. But the ball striking has been fantastic. He's got some time off after the Valera after missing the cut. Now, is his safety anywhere where we want it to be? Not necessarily. I, I hate Terrell Hatton as a person. Like, I just don't like his attitude. But we're not here to fade people because we don't like them. We're here to pick a guy that's got good statistical profiling that we can make money off of. This is back nine bets. It's not back nine besties, you know. We can bet on someone like Patrick Reed and Terrell Hatton that aren't necessarily our favorite players in the world. But make money off them. That's the way to live. That's the way to live your life, not the, the way to live. Like, yeah, anyway. So, Turrell, sign me up. Let's go. HV3, just average. Average is balls. Like, what is he What is he doing? Like, there's there's nothing from... Like, what are we going to do with that Harold Varner? Like, we, we saw him playing fantastic golf on the PGA Tour until it got to Sunday. Then he hit the eject button. Who the heck knows what he gets up to? Keegan Bradley, I do like. Sign me up for Keegan. Ball striking. Go, go, go. The putting has been iffy. Lately, we'll see, you know, at this golf course, you can ball strike this place to death. Keegan around the greens isn't terrible. Yes, he is. He's bad around the greens now too, which is not good. But Keegan's one of the best three-putt avoiders, and his greens are massive at Augusta. So that's something you want to see. Let's take a look at the three-putt avoidance. Is it in here? There we go. Three-putt avoidance for Keegan. I can't see that far across the screen. 21st in the field. So that's what's going on in Keegan's world. 21st in three-putt avoidance. It's a kind of an important stat here. I didn't mention it in the model earlier, but that's what you want to see. And I like Keegan here at 7400 bucks, 4% out. We saw Russell Henley trying to break the course record until he realized he was breaking the course record and then just absolutely plummeted off the face of the earth. I've got allergies. I don't know what is going on. This has been one of the most nightmarish podcasts I've ever been a part of. I'm so sorry. It's just like I showed up late. And now I've got all this stuff going on. The boys, 
We're struggling, folks. We are struggling, but we are powering through this. We're going. Chris Kirk, Russell Henley, just they're very similar golfers. Very solid tee to green. The putting can come and go, but Chris Kirk's putting has been pretty freaking solid lately, folks. Pretty freaking solid, and he's, he's a little further than, than Russell Henley. So if you're going to pick one of those two, I actually prefer Chris Kirk over, over Keegan and Russell. I, Chris Kirk has showed up at some majors as well. I think he finished like seventh at the PGA. So that's what's going on in Chris Kirk's world. 8% owned though, $7,100. So that's what you're going to get from him. We had an outright bet on Chris Kirk last week at the freaking Valero until he made a, a streak of birdies and then made a streak of bogeys. And that was that. Sorry, Eli. Our guy sucked for us. But around the green play for Chris Kirk, pretty solid. Justin Rose is another great course history candidate if you go further than the last few years. Jay Rose was fantastic. I mean, this guy's played great golf at, at Augusta when he was playing good golf like three or four years ago when he was I think I heard in 2019 when Tiger won, Justin Rose was announced as world number one in 2019. Like, what on earth, like, what has happened? You know, like, so Justin Rose has fallen off the face of the earth, but he's making a bit of a comeback. We've got Ricky, we've got Jason Day, we've got Justin Rose, got freaking everybody make, Jordan Spieth's made a comeback a little bit. We've got like some old school 2000s guys that are coming through. So that's kind of fun. You know, the early teens of the 2000s there. Love to see what's going on. Justin Rose, great course history. Com course history is fantastic. Love what you can get there from Justin Rose. We'll see what he can get up to. I mean, 7,800 bucks, 11% owned is going to be a popular play. So Ithigala is someone that doesn't really grade out fantastically. If you go and Data Golf does this beautiful thing that you can pull up um, the last 75 round, uh, 75th percentiles, 25th percentiles, and 50th percentile. So the 50th percentile is just your straight up average. And then the 75th percentile is like your your peak golf. Like what is how often are you pumping out like above average rounds? You know, like what is your what is your best round look like on average? And so here the gala's like rankings in the data golf rankings actually increases if you take a look at his upside versus he's very very volatile so i've bought myself a whole bunch of sahith rainmaker cards and i'm throwing them into single entry lineups trying to just capitalize on his volatility he's not going to provide safety you're not going to get that from him but man oh man you're going to get some short game that can play inspired the putting has been pretty bad lately he Cost us so much money at the match play. Hit, he's also, according to Data Golf, folks, if you go and pull up Sir Hit's strokes gained approach from 150 yards and in, he is the best wedge player in the world right now. He averages inside six feet, one in every five shots from 150 yards and in. So he's exceptional with the wedge. If we're thinking about golfers that aren't going to be going for par fives that much, that's an extra wedge that Sahit's going to have into the into the greens this week. I love that. Um, putting a scoring club in his hand, I think hole number 12 is going to be really interesting. It's it's going to be fun to watch Sahith play. His off-the-tee stuff is inaccurate as balls. 87th in the field. We've got Aaron Wise in the field still. He's he's on a mental break right now. So just bear that in mind. That's why we've got 89. But Sahith, basically the second worst off-the-tee accuracy-wise. But he's got some solid distance, and he can scramble his face off. 
and there's a lot to like about his scoring. Look at this. Like the scoring is all inside the 30s. Birdie, bogeys, par fives, 30, 28, 23. Love that about Sahith Gala. I'm very bullish on this guy. I think his upside is to the moon. He's probably, you know, if he can figure out his consistency, he's inside the top 30 in the world. We got a $7,500 golf for 5% owned. He's 29th official world golf rankings. Like, let's go. You know, let's see what he can get up to. I love how this golf course suits his game. Scrambling. He's like a he's like a a VJ Singh Cam Smith mix. So what yeah, that's what that's what Sahith is. Is like if VJ Singh and Cam Smith had a baby, that's what Sahith Sagala would be. So that's what's cooking there. Adam Spenson, 6,500 bucks, four percent owned. Not necessarily the longest off the tee. Very bad. Accurate though. That's okay. Ball striking around the green, putting, solid stuff from Svenny. He's going to need it off the because of the lack of the distance. He's going to be missing a few more greens than normal. Let's see what he can get up to. But that approach play, 20th in the field. Let's go. Adam Spenson, sign me up. I'm in. If we're going to look for some $6,500 guys, this guy's it. He's one of them. Let's go. The calm course history, not so good. But also, he's one of these dudes that's game is like moving in the right direction. You can't take a look at his baseline stats and think it's that that accurate because it's not you know he's moving he's moving the target's moving his game's moving he's a different golfer every few months i love what adam Svensson's getting up to brian Harmon. i don't know i said in my article that he can't hit water with a seven iron teeing off a freaking aircraft carrier in the middle of the pacific his iron plays hot garbage just terrible around the green terrible fade brian Harmon out Seamus Power, Kurt Kitayama. Love these two dudes together. Seamus is $6,800. He finished inside the top 40 in his first Augusta appearance last year. And also finished, I believe, inside the top 20 in his next two majors and then missed the cut at the, US, uh, the British Open. So the, the one that you expected him to play the best at, he actually shit the bed and actually made three of his first three major appearances. He made the cut. Now we're getting him at 6,800 bucks, 6% owned. He is not a Florida swing guy. If you go look at his Arnold Palmer Invitational record, pretty atrocious. He's had two of his worst performances at the API. Don't like him at, at Bay Hill at all. I'm going to never play him there again. <clears throat> but you play Seamus Power at majors. Because why? Seamus Powers. Par 5 scoring, 32nd. Okay. Not, not the best. Bogey avoidance, 12th in the field. Birdie or better percentages, 19th in the field. So he's he's one of these dudes that I've tried to explain this to people. Like when you look at his strokes gain metrics, they're not going to make as much sense because there's nothing over here apart from good drives gained that's under 20. Nothing about his game translates to looking like if you plug just strokes gained into the model, it's not going to generate that good a... A ranking, but his bogey avoidance and burial better percentages are inside the top 20. So his sum of the parts are greater than the whole, I think is the phrase. And I love that about him. Like if you go ramp up birdie or better and bogey avoidance in the model, Seamus Power is going to fly up there. If you put in off the tee stuff, which he just absolutely crapped the bed around or uh, API, it's not going to be that hot. So sign me up for Seamus around this golf course. He played solid here, 36th, basically. 
And yeah, let's go. Seamus Power, let's freaking go. Love what he's up to. 6,800 bucks as well. $6,800. Made three cuts at the majors last year. He's built for them. Love Seamus. Love him, love him. Kurt Kitayama, 19th in distance off the tee. Freaking Kurt. He he loves himself some API. There, you could not have asked for two different golfers at API. Kurt won it. Seamus went and shot 11 over par. Probably like a 25-shot difference between the two of them. Ridiculous stuff. But Kurt Kitayama, I don't know if he's... I think he's playing here for the first time. I might be wrong. This course history is just a, a baseline. It's filling in the gaps. Um, Kurt Kitayama. Let's, let's just double check. Because I, I don't want to play him if he's like actually played badly here before. Nope. Minus, minus 0.3. I think that's totally fine. That means that he's never played here before. I wanted to have a little bit of negative in the guy's course history if you've never played here before because you have to have had played here before in order to really know what's going on. Kurt Kuriyama bombs it off the tee and he's got a very tidy putter, which you can save a lot of sh shots with there. The weighted approach play for Kurt Kuriyama, long iron play for Kurt is incredible. 7,100 bucks, 7% owned. Sign me up. The scoring stuff, not so hot for him, but the recent, the recent round of form that he's been playing Incredible stuff. He's been playing really good. I love his aspirations. I love him in a rainmaker situation. I may throw him in one or two lineups this week if I find a card that I can get value on there. JT Poston, I don't know. The distance also, 6,600 bucks, 58th in distance. Ugh, you know, what are we going to do there? The par five scoring though for Poston is really impressive. 15th in the field. Now, if you think about the par fives with Augusta, You've got 13, there's water in front. 15, there's water in front. The other one's on the front. Long par five up the hill. I don't know. You know, like there's, I don't know if that's going to translate as much here for JT with that lack of distance. Maybe he's just super solid on the layups. Like Zach Johnson, Trevor Immelman, Mike Weir, all those guys. I think they're trying to turn these par fives into those, those like kind of situations again. But I don't think I'm going to be on JT Poston this week. Ah, Jesus, I don't know. Yeah, we can only be on so many 6K guys. Taylor Moore, comp course specialist. Eighth in the field in the comp courses. Love what you're getting from Taylor Moore there. Great putter. Poor around the greens. Solid off the tee. Solid on approach. So he's got some good stuff and some bad stuff. I don't know. Do what you want there. I'm, I'm iffy on him. You know, like if you need a guy... Go to him. If not, who, who do we like? Seamus. I like Seamus more. I like I like Sahith more, you know, from an upside GPP standpoint. You know, maybe if you want Taylor, Taylor Moore, play him in some in DFS uh, cash games. Harris English, no. Gary Woodland's got one of the worst course histories at this venue, although his comp course rating is ridiculously good. I don't know how that makes sense, but Gary Woodland has just never played good around Augusta. It's most likely because his short game is hot garbage. So we'll leave him alone. Um, Brooks Kupka, all the way down in 48th in the model. Course history is 10th in the field. Just won the Live Tour event. 14% owned Brooks Kupka, $7,600. Okay. I don't know. Is, he, is that a free square? He's missed his last two cuts. I'm out. I'll take Seamus Powers. Over Brooks Kupka. Like, if you can give me a Brooks Kupka Seamus Powers matchup, 
I'll take it. I'm sure you'll get some nice plus money. Seamus is a million percent less owned than him. 8% less owned. Let's go there. Alex Niren, my boy T of Sports. Woo. We're doing another podcast tomorrow. Yeah, it's quarter end. I'm throwing together four podcasts before the tournament starts. It is what it is. But me and T of Sports, aka Spencer, we're going to be doing a podcast tomorrow night. So like kind of this time again, 7 Eastern, we're going to do a final podcast for the week, kind of assess the final ownership projections and just chat. I love chatting to Spencer and I finally got him on my podcast. Like I respect his time. I'm excited to have him on. He's going to be on here tomorrow. And he loves himself some Alex Noren. So that's going to be my teaser. I'm not even going to talk about Noren. I'm going to tell you to come and watch our show tomorrow when Spencer can tell you everything about Alex Noren and why his putting and short game and five foot and 15 feet putts are amazing. Danny Willett's a pass winner at this venue, $6,600. If you told me you want to bet Danny Willett or Seamus Powers, I'll take Seamus Powers again. Abraham Ansers played great golf here. According to his caddy, he's loving that live life because he can practice more. So you never really believe exactly what these guys are telling you over there, but his game seems like it's gone to shit. Approach play, I don't even know if these numbers are accurate. I don't know how Data Golf's generating these numbers, but one of the worst iron players in the field, apparently. So I don't know how that much makes that sense, but it is what it is. He's super accurate and typically has been pretty solid off the team. So I don't know about... Let's go. I'm down on Abe Ants at 3% owned with this kind of course history. If there's live golfers with good course history that have low ownership, let's let's see. Um, I don't even know how to filter on. I should have live guys highlighted so that we could do that. But like who who has great course history? Abraham Answer, Patrick Reed. Check this out. Patrick Reed, 14th in the model. 7,300 bucks, 11% owned though. Ugh. So let's go Abe. Let's go Abe. I'm curious for to see what Bubba can get up to. I don't know. You know, like how many guys are we going to be playing here? <sighs> I don't know. You know, like this is starting to get dire down here. So anyone else? Tiger, 6% owned. Is he going to provide you the value for four straight rounds? You know, I prefer Tiger over showdown, round one showdown. Um, FanDuel's got Tiger Woods, um, 89 betcha. Let's find Tiger. Got a top 10 for round one is plus 550 for tiger woods so that's what you can those are the kind of bets i want for tiger i want to capitalize on his performance early before the leg goes to ship you don't want to have tiger woods limping around round three and round four that your your dfs lineups hinge on so that's what's cooking there with tiger yeah Min, oh minwuli if there is somebody that the model doesn't necessarily like that I do and might eat ownership on, it's Minwoo. T14 in his first appearance around this venue, and his game translates impeccably well. Distance off the tee, sixth in the field. Three-part avoidance. I don't know if that makes sense. It's, it seems like that's the baseline there, 10th. So we'll leave that alone. So that means that Keegan's baseline three-parts is even better. But if you take a look at Minwoo Lee's short game, putting, and around the green, He's a short game specialist. 15th in the field, 7,600 bucks. Let's go to Minwoo for sure. Absolutely love him. And then Schwarzel and Mackenzie Hughes are two other guys, 64, 6,300 bucks, 3% a pop. I love those two dudes. Why do I like Mackenzie Hughes? The distance, 
is been coming. You know, he's been doing the speed training, and I think he finally could get onto a golf course now that he can rely on his impressive short game, relatively not too shabby for a guy that's 6,300 bucks in this field. We've seen Mackenzie Hughes show up at a lot of these majors, and he's got distance now, which I think helps him around Augusta. Charles Swatzel has won here before. We saw him finish. He's, his course history is actually pretty freaking solid. If you take a look at Charles, he's since 2020, he's gained strokes around this venue. Missed it in 2019, but played great since. So the last three times he's heated up, he's played nicely around you. I think the game translates quite nicely for Schwatzy. We'll see what he can get up to. I prefer him over Louis, if I'm being honest with you. Um, Cameron Champ is also someone that I like too. He's got great course history. I love Cameron Champ's ability to dominate this golf course. And um, Bernard Langer is going to be your top veteran or your top senior market. Go bet Bernard Langer to be the, the the best old guy on the course, which is also so funny that this happens at a golf course that has only 88 golfers in the field. And we've got the top pensioner in the field for a bet. Like, at some point, it's going to be like, who can survive the round without croaking? It's going to be like the next kind of phase of betting we get up to. But anyway, we made it through, folks. An hour 20 minutes, hour 17. Thanks for tuning in. Your boy had multiple allergy attacks, multiple horse croaky throats, multiple delays in start time. But such is the nature of the Masters week. It's a fantastic week. I love it. It's it's a week that excites me. We're going to have so much freaking content coming out here in the next little while. Showdown stuff. We're going to be watching. I'm going to be doing my back nine breakdowns after each round. We've got Cam Smith in the field. We've got Max Homer in the field. We've got Cameron Young. we got Colin Morikawa. Those are our four horses in the race this week. Let's see if one of them can get it home. My neck is sweaty. We're sweating before it's even... I don't know how people do this with this long hair. But such is the nature of the beast that we are here supporting our boy Cam. We are supporting the other three guys too. I love the Masters Week. Tune in tomorrow. we got Spencer coming in. Teal Sports. Going to do some more review. Finalize some ownership numbers. Get each other's takes on every golfer. And go from there. So, catch you tomorrow. Linda Q out.